Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Um, welcome back to the Future Print Podcast, our latest edition. Really happy to have back with us today, um, Madhu Kaushik, who is the Senior VP and also the CTO of Vera Inkjet, who are based out of Montreal and also a Future Print partner. So welcome back to the podcast, Madhu. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back here. Yeah, yeah. Time flies. It's been a few months since the first one. So we've got plenty to to cover in in this. And obviously, since then, you've um, been over, you presented in Cambridge at Future Tech, which went down very well. And I know you start to build up a, a, a good level of um, momentum and traction with the business. And also, we can get, we can catch up a bit about what you've been what you've been up to just to remind everybody um and some some of those that may not have heard the first podcast give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself um and also a little bit about vera inkjet sure so um i'm madhu kashik i'm the uh, senior vp and cto at vera inkjet um my primary role covers um the lead and strategy of research and development at vera inkjet but uh, on a secondary basis, I also look into business dev, marketing, branding, team management, so all that stuff. And Vera Inkjet, um, I like to introduce Vera Inkjet as an uh, innovation or accelerator in the field of water-based pigment inkjet inks. Mm. So Vera Inkjet uh, does research and development work on water-based pigment inks for piezoelectric print heads. Mm. And uh, we currently have portfolio for graphic ink set, for textile ink sets. So in textiles, we have direct-to-garment, direct-to-fabric, roll-to-roll, direct-to-film. And uh, very recently, we have some proof of concept and some more ready, technologically ready ink set for packaging. So that's what I'm looking forward to present, the packaging and the Future Prints upcoming Balencia show. Yeah, yeah. So the packaging and obviously water-based is your kind of domain and that is where you see the future being and certainly is highly important for packaging, isn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Um, I was I was keen because it's, it's an area I don't know a huge amount about and you've obviously worked within it for a while now as, as a business but also with, with clients. It's obviously the garment industry and and the garment printing market more specifically north america could you explain a bit more about the market to us um you know in terms of the size tradition and so on and also perhaps the growing hopefully growing role of digital yeah right so over the past uh decades i would say that um the charm of digital has always been growing on all the industry and end users right so decor uh, decoration of apparel so any fabric being printed on either it could be done by conventional printing which is the screen printing um, and uh, it is the uh, go-to or choice even now because just because of the price uh, factors Uh, but as digital is gaining ground under digital there are so many sub categories right so it could you could digitally print a t-shirt say with uv 
with a solvent dye ink, um, with a reactive dye ink, with an acid-based dye ink, a dye sublimation ink. So there, there are about five, six options even in the digital box, which you could choose from. And water-based pigment inks are one of the most, uh, I would say, favorite right now, just because of the sustainability um, uh gain you get from using water-based pigment inks. Uh, there is not a lot of post-processing involved uh, when we compare from dye sub or uh, other dye methods, digital dye methods of printing. Uh, there is a lot less water pollution. There is a lot less energy consumption on the full life cycle of that printing process. Uh, so the market of digital has been growing uh, tremendously, especially with people, uh, the fast fashion or the fashion industry really like uh, going towards customization, right? So it's it's the price point, it's the sustainability. And then the third, third is the, um, uh, the desire to have a product which is just for yourself, a customized product. And uh, that has led to the adaptation of digital printing, especially water-based pigment, inkjet ink printing a lot. Uh, Market-wise, um, I'm not very good at remembering numbers, but some of the market reports say that uh, the just the direct-to-garment uh, digital printing inkjet market could be about $1.7 billion in, uh, in by the year of 2026, that's the North America. So I'm, I'm quoting some of the sources like textile industry from textile industry, these numbers, but it's huge and it will grow for sure. Yeah. And, and as you've said, that customization trends are kind of a, a key driver is it is it's people are, people are wanting to have stuff, you know, designs that are unique to them and so on or relatively unique. Yeah. Right. And then they are willing to pay a premium too for that product if it's customized mm. for them. Also, uh, initially, when the digital printing started, there were there was a huge cost difference between screen and digital. I see now with even the new newer technology, direct to film uh, printing, mm. the cost differences are not as much. So, I, I, yes, it's still expensive than screen, but it's not as expensive as uh, it used to be about 10 years back. So more and more people are adapting to it uh, for customization, for sustainability, and just for the ease of uh, the process, right? Screen, you need to burn your screen. You need to support the storage of screens. It's it's too much of pain points, whereas in digital, you can just, you like an image and in wow, in two minutes, it's on your T-shirt. So that yeah. convenience is huge. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, the, the ability to transfer digital files so easily and like a design, create, it, create one yourself even. It's, it's incredible. So you recently, uh, we'll come on to talking about DTF and DTG a bit later, but first off, you recently attended ISS which is a big show for that sector. It's sportswear and, and and I think garments and so on in Long Beach. So you picked up on some key trends there, which you've sort of hinted at already. What 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 kind of um, trends were they and what kind of feedback did you get from the show? Mm -hmm. It was a very interesting show as usual. Um, huge show, uh, uh, leading companies presenting a lot of stuff. Uh, how And it's all, it rolls around how you can decorate the apparel industry, right? So what I saw as a trend is that 
DTF, the direct-to-film mm. uh, printing, uh, uh, has taken a lot of ground, a lot of bandwidth in that show. Uh, there were screen printers, there were direct-to-garment printers, but the show definitely um, put it out there that DTF as a trend is not just a trend. It's here to stay and take over um, existing markets from both the DTG world and from the existing screen printers. So that's what I saw. Yeah, and that, it's interesting. Since we spoke, I've noticed all this DTF everywhere. That's that's quite that's quite recent, isn't it? That's very recent. Um, very recent. I think DTF came through when we were hit by COVID, like 2020. It started mm-hmm. to get traction. And initially, even as we're in, uh, as a company, we're inkjet, we thought it's just a passing trend. Well, in 2020, we were still more concerned about development for direct-to-garment printing rather than direct-to-film printing. Mm. Uh, but uh, the show at Long Beach just proved us that, no, 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 it's all about DTF from now onwards. Uh, That's really interesting. So direct-to-garment and direct-to-film. So how does it work? And explain. So... You digitally print direct to to a film, and then the fil- and then the image is transferred onto the substrate. How does it work? Yeah, so so the, that's about it. So in uh, in direct to garment, you have to pre treat. There's an additional uh, process where you're pre treating your fabric mm. or the t shirt. Then you put it on an industrial DTG or a DTG printer machine where you print it with the water based pigment ink. Then you cure it. In direct-to-film, you do not print directly onto the fabric. You are printing it on a film. That's Mm -hmm. why it is called Mm direct-to-film. And because you are not printing it on a fabric, you don't need to pre-treat that fabric. So it's it's uh, that one step is eliminated. Of course, there's an additional step, which is then you print it on the film, and then uh, you powder the film. So you, there is the powdering element where you have to add the glue or the powder. The, it's the TPU glue, which people are using. And then you transfer it, the transferring of the image from the film to the fabric. Mm. So that is the additional step. You will still cure the film. You'll still, and so basically the step of pretreatment in direct to garment is eliminated indirect to film but then there is an additional step where you are powdering and transferring the image from the film to the fabric yeah cool and it is the advantage of you know why, why is it taking off is it because it's a more accessible technology is direct to garment more technically difficult or is it the more available inks what, what what what's driving this kind of trend so um i think it started in covid where uh, there were a lot many, uh, I would say, self-made uh, hmm. entrepreneurs or small boutiques who really wanted to do something from home. Yeah. And because direct-to-film is so friendly towards um, small craftspeople, you is can it? you can begin uh, printing from your garage on a smaller scale and a more affordable scale because Mm. these printers they started with just like some um, printers based on Epson i3200 head very reliable head uh, high speeds and because you're not printing um, on the garment you're just printing on a sheet so it's almost like you could you could store uh, 
numerous amount of prints on the sheet even before transferring. So that was another flexibility layer. So what the adaptation began with the small crafts people who were trying to do stuff from home during COVID. Mm-hmm. But it caught up on the bigger players, bigger industrial printers. Uh, why? Because there is no fabric limitation. Mm. So you could uh, print on polyester, you could print on rayon, you can print on dry blends, and you can print on mm. uh, cotton. Then there is uh, this element where you are the printing speeds are way faster when you're printing on a sheet of uh, a plastic sheet with I3200 head. Uh, you could print thousands of images and just keep it and the transferring can happen um, without including the machine or the printer time. So that gave a lot of flexibility. There's also a lot of flexibility on the garment handling itself. You really don't need a good platen to put your T-shirt. You do not worry about moving that T-shirt while printing. Mm. Uh, You just print on your sheets and then you can transfer them later whenever you want to, wherever you want to. So you could even make that transfer on the sleeve instead of in the front of the T-shirt. You could be very innovative in where you are placing your printed um, design, uh, whereas that kind of um, flexibility was not there in direct garment, or if there is, it comes up with an additional cost because you have to do your placement for the printing that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the adaptation started with people who are trying to save money and uh, the small uh, craftsmen who are not big on initial investment. The industry took over from them and now there are more and more serious players into the role. Also, what I see is because of the fabric um, choice, like you don't are not limited by the choice of fabric in this technique, more and more screen printing people who would have anyways converted to digital, right? right? Because that's the trend for past two decades we are seeing that a lot of screen printing people are moving slowly and steadily towards the digital um, adaptation. Uh, they instead of adapting, they were when they were still thinking, should we buy a DTG printer and check because it's a huge investment? They started to adapt towards DTF because just to check, it's not a huge investment. You could start up on a small scale, about eight to ten thousand dollars, and you are up and running, and you are able to see how this digital uh, technique can help you. So I I have seen even during the show, I saw that. Mostly the screen printers, huge screen printers who were there in, uh, from the industry and they are looking towards having a part of their uh, printing workload digitalized. They are really considering DTF instead of DTG just because it's easy to begin with. Mm. And then the flexibility on the kind of fabric we are using is huge. Mm. Also the ink costs because what happened is uh, none of the, at least in North America, none of the North American companies were really offering a DTF solution. The printers, the software, the uh, ink, they all came from uh, f- from non-North American supply chain, right? So, mm-hmm. and they are way cheaper than what the companies here could offer initially. So the ink prices are way more competitive, Mm-hmm. And now that now North American industries have woken up towards it, that we need to have uh, and even Vera, like we ha- we 
we took about six months to really figure out what price offering we should have on the ink because we could not go into the market with the price of what we are taking from direct to garment uh, printers. Mm. Uh, there was no market at that price. Mm. Uh, the pricing is so competitive from non-North American suppliers, non-local suppliers that we had to go and if not match them, still be slashing our profits too. It's, it's, a, it's a mindset change. But the volumes, I, I see that even though our profits have slashed and the ink price is lower, which we are offering to the industry, uh, I see it, there, there will be a huge DTF market in the coming times. And that will kind of compensate for our lower margins in the long run. For now, it is more important that we do provide a not uh, like a North American offering uh, with consistent quality out there to the market so yeah. i think that's the whole story i think i dive I, I i got into a tangent about pricing uh but yes uh the adaptability is so strong on dtf that it's it's going to be even bigger in the few years yeah that's amazing it's like it's the start of a big shift that you've seen and that you've um indicated and i've um, like i said since you've mentioned it to me and i was like, i didn't even know what dtf was um i don't mind admitting so i did i did google it and find out what it was and um interesting that it's also dem democratized a bit hasn't it the industry so it's enabling yes. people to just start up and that's that has a pos really positive angle to it i think which is and opening up a new market new possibilities and that's exciting you mentioned also that um Obviously, the ink landscape's a lot more competitive because there's ink producers from outside North America. Now, is quality a big deal? I mean, you know, with all due respect, North American and European providers tend to produce ink from that cost more, but technically might have more, uh, might legislate much more for quality. Is 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 that a problem for you? Or is that a problem for the market generally that some of these inks are so cheap? They may not actually be that good. Right. And that's that's a huge problem in DTF right now. So hmm. um it's 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 an excellent technology. Uh even um when I compare it myself to DTG and DTF, I will always lean towards DTF as a technology just because of the flexibility it offers. Hmm. But what we have seen is that this technology needs a lot of regulation and standardization and quality products, both in terms of hardware, software, and also in terms of the ink or the fluid we are supplying. Mm. And I'm not saying that all non-North American uh, ink supply chains are bad. Mm. It's just that if you do not have a local supply chain, for example, these inks are not to be frozen, right? But, and then some of these inks, most of these inks, the water-based pigment inks inherently are like this, that their shelf life is one year. Now, if your ink is coming from far shore, right, it's on the ship for six months. Mm. You mm. cannot really know what kind, what is the quality, what mm. happened to the quality of your ink in that six months on just being on the boat. Mm -hmm. Did it freeze? Was it exposed to higher temperatures than required? Mm. It could be anything. And then it's already six months old by the time it reaches. Mm. Also, uh, 
Then, of course, there is batch-to-batch consistency problems, which I hear a lot from my clients who are approaching me. One good thing which happened for where I did, I can say that, is that last two years, everyone tried, because it's human psychology, right? If you are getting a cheaper ink, why not go and try that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and at that point, uh, we were also not really ready. In 2020, 2021, Vera was not ready with DTF offering. We didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So we launched our DTF inks uh, end of 2023, very recent. But by that time, most of the users who had used cheaper products ran into problems. They have spoiled their print heads. They have spoiled their printers. There is a batch-to-batch consistency problems. Um, there is um, a lot of jetting problems associated. There is a lot of supply problems associated. And then if there is a batch, which is, and these batches are not small. For example, someone of uh, trying to get a boatload of white ink because the MOQs are huge. When you are using these cheaper options, the minimum ordered quantities you can uh, order are really huge. So you are you have invested a palette of white ink. It comes to you and you check that this batch is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nightmare getting to the customer service and getting your batches replaced. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's possible. Like some of our clients did tell us that it's even not possible. You just absorb that into your cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, I think that most of the clients are now ready for a North American high quality product. In fact, they are looking actively for it. And most of our 2024 is about telling North America and Europe hmm. that we have that product for you and it is competitively priced. Hmm. Uh, so uh, that's how I see uh, the non-North American supply chain. Supply chain is an issue. MOQs are an issue. Huge quantities to be ordered. Batch-to-batch inconsistency. Um, jetting problems. And uh, I, where I inkjet at least is placed ideally to solve all those problems. Yeah, you're based in North America and you're also a specialist organization dedicated to water-based pigment ink for inkjet so it's like couldn't be more focused really on that and you know the market very well by the sounds of that you've been working in this industry for a while haven't you so if somebody wanted to reach out to you that's listening it's kind of okay this is interesting i want to want to have a chat with you what's the best way to get in contact with you what's the website and your you know your email maybe right so we have a website uh we, you can go into our websites and um there, there is, of course, a contact form, and uh, uh, we are very responsive towards everyone reaching us out. Uh, you can reach me out personally. My email is uh, on the internet. Um, you can reach me through LinkedIn. I'm, I'm very responsive on all social media platforms. So, feel free to reach me out. Uh, same as the team. Uh, we are young. We, we are a very young team. Very responsive. So, reach, reach us through LinkedIn, through email, and we'll respond. Mm. Yeah, and I know, I know you're looking for partners, and also that you work with a lot of leading industry uh, brands that, uh, that that develop technology and also inks, and that you're yes. you sometimes work as an accelerator for innovation as well, don't you? Right, right, and you can never accelerate or do a or do a ink water based inkjet ink project in isolation. Anyways, mm. anyone who is going to adapt this digital water based more sustainable. Uh, platform needs to have a holistic approach to this pro- problem, right? So you need to have uh, uh, 
the access to the best of the printers and print heads, best of the softwares, then the ink. Uh, in case of DTF, you also need to have contact with the film suppliers and the glue suppliers. So where Inkjet does not uh, offer any uh, film or glue at the moment, mm. Hmm. But we do have our preferred partners. So we will always recommend, give you recommendations about uh, films to be used or the glues to be used. So, so it's, it, every, every player has to come together in this to get make it possible. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. This is for joining us. Really interesting update on what's going on with the garment market and direct to film. And sounds like a bit of, bit of a revolution. And, and also, yeah, it might, it might be a bit of a false economy going for the cheap option sometimes because you don't get the service, maybe not the quality, the ink side, pay a bit more, get a reliable source. And, um, you know, pay, you're paying a bit more, but you're, you're getting your product and consistency and reliability, which is really important. So thanks for joining us, Madhu. Uh, appreciate seeing you again and looking forward to seeing you in Valencia and in the future. Thank you. Yes, uh, I'm really looking forward to Valencia because we're going to shift gears in Valencia from all the focus from textiles. It's all about packaging, right? So, and packaging is even a bigger industry. Like people ask me numbers uh, about uh, packaging industry. They are at least uh, 10 to 100 times more than the textile industry. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, be brilliant. Well, so thanks so much for joining us and looking forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up. And visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint podcast.